Hey everyone, for this latest episode we're going to be talking about the show in full, including the 60 minute Ironman match between Joey Ryan and Super Dragon. We feel as though it is not possible to review this show properly without discussing the match in detail, but we wanted listeners to be aware of that before listening should it make anyone uncomfortable. We hope you enjoy the show. Journey Through Grill Island. I'm your host Sig. Today we're going to be covering Use Your Illusion 4, which came from PWG's spiritual home, the Jewish Community Centre, and took place on the 23rd of October 2004. As always, I'm being joined by Sarah, Barry, and Emma. So just jump right into the show then. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so our show opens with a promo from the UK kid um, cutting his usual anti-American bile until Paul T comes out to uh, make a match between the UK kids and Tony Stradlin. Paul T says, I know you consider yourself a lord, but I'm the lord of your mom's ass. I was a bit confused by this because it just seemed like UK Kid didn't know who Paul T was. It's like, commissioner, <laughs> man. He's the one who makes these matches and you're going out here picking a fight with him? The wrong man to pick a fight with, Mr. Paul T. To be fair, like, even if, he, if UK Kid was a student of the game and watching all his PWG tapes, you've seen Paul T like about three times make a match over the year and a half of, of content we've watched so far. But to be fair, I think he's done this the past three shows where he's come out at the start and right. made a match. That's, and UK that's Kid right. Maybe, maybe you can... these shows. True. He thinks he's too busy backstage working on his uh, his biting material. Um, <laughs> I was surprised you could make out that it was his usual stuff. I thought, you know, the never-ending saga of the up-and-down audio mix in early PWG, I could not hear a thing. On, on this opening promo between the acoustics and I think the mixing was slightly worse than it usually is. And he, I assume it's just his actual accent. He's not embellishing it for the purpose of, of getting heat. I could not understand a word. And then Paul T came out and then literally the only thing I could make out other than the mom's ass line, it was literally just slurs. All I could hear yeah. was just slurs coming out of the two of them. I was like, this is the most slur-ridden show I think we have watched so far. It was endless. The wrestlers, the commentators, the crowd. I was like, oh my God. What what universe was this from? I was just thinking, like, of all the... We get a lot of promos in PWG, but they're always talked over on commentary. So for all of the promos that we have to actually listen to and not have the kind of background lovely noise of the commentary so we can just ignore everything we keep having to listen to uk kid promos well don't forget american britain special relationship tony Blair <laughs> to the ira all that stuff oh yeah oh yeah, yeah I special did order really, from excalibur i did really enjoy the crowd chanting though deport deport <laughs> the start get rid of him they did not in fact get rid of him as <laughs> as he wrestled uh tony stradlin and on commentary is the usual disco machine, but this time he's joined by Taro, 
Excalibur is MIA, but we will come to that later. Um, Taro is drinking bass, which got a got a big so pop weird. Me. Love it. I love that. Like these normal beers for us are like fancy imports for them yeah like normal terrible beers that yes no one like only old men drink yeah i always i thought bass until i actually looked it up i always thought it was northern irish i don't know why but um it's not it's it's english so did i so did i because i think it's only sort of available up there but yeah it must have like a big northern irish following but i remember the ads always had northern irish people there yeah do you think do you think Tara would be really impressed and think it was like a fantastic bougie gift if we were to send him like a can of carling and a can of like Dutch gold? <laughs> Dutch gold, yeah. yeah. Like, wasn't, he, wasn't he drinking like a red ale the last time? Like, was it a Kilkenny or something? A Beamish? Yeah. I think I recall yeah. Beamish yeah. being talked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely drinking like an odd Irish red ale. Yeah, we no, you're right. For it. We, I remember we tried to get it somewhere. Find <laughs> it. Oh, then it must have been Kilkenny. That is back, actually. Yeah. So the hunt continues. <laughs> this Maybe this was just making it up as they go along. They said on commentary, these are two Shawn Michaels students. Is the UK kid a, a Texas wrestling academy guy? Again, this before this show, I had literally never heard of this human in my entire life of, as a wrestling fan. So I don't know if that's made up I, I, it's not especially funny I, I guess he couldn't be making well, it up but didn't someone reach out to us and say that he was someone brought him over from the uk that he was possibly staying like like kind of staying at the school or doing something oh at the school? okay i don't remember them reaching out but that would i suppose that would make sense yeah they yeah. obviously um, reached out with proper information that i've just completely forgotten <laughs> yeah. the the other thing as well is that was it was Brian Danielson, who brought him in. That's it, yeah. Of course, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It would make sense if they were Shawn Michaels then. And Stradlin, I mean, again, I suppose, like, not everyone, that, that school was open for a surprising amount of years. I suppose not everyone who came out of it was Brian Danielson, I suppose, so. Or Spanky. Um, or Spanky, yeah, yeah. Who, who, again, has worked these shows, so maybe there's a connection there with, with Stradlin. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's one point where UK Kid gets thrown out of the ring and he sits beside a fan I don't know why this made me laugh so much, but Disco was stunned that there was a free seat. Yeah, that was one. <laughs> in this very undersold show. Yeah. Um, when he when he did that spot as well, like UK Kid was doing these really over the top, but like not in a funny way mannerisms. And I just couldn't help I was like, he he is such a preliminary Butlins wrestler. You know what I mean? In the sense that some people yeah. like like so like William Regal are like naturally kind of funny. They can they can sell that kind of character with just their face, but he doesn't have that. So to get the wackiness over, he's flailing his arms. He's like, Oh my god, I'm getting knocked all over the place. And it's just kind of like he's he's going 90 and he's actually getting nothing out of it because it's not like anyone's reacting or laughing or having any fun. He's just Yeah, he's, he's 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 Yeah. It's funny to think that at this time, though, there was kind of American indie wrestlers that loved this. They loved this British over-the-top style. Like, Cole yeah. Cabana lived for this sort of shit. And there was this kind of niche, I suppose, group that it was different to them. Whereas to us, it's it's pantomime. 
and you know it's cheap and we see it like we've grown up seeing this in a lot of facets of entertainment but for them this is just like wow look at this fresh oh my god he's sitting beside this guy wow Uh, Danielson's another one absolute yeah. nerd loves all that stuff and it's I suppose it's weird now in, in 2021 that now if you ask uh, <laughs> if you ask like a, a young American indie wrestling fan what's British style they'd probably say a bad impersonation of Japanese wrestling or you know with 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 some with some arm ringers that they then call world of sport you know what I mean it's like the the concept of what a British match is is now completely changed for the worse in my opinion you know versus back saying, even just 15 years ago bring back camp kind of, yeah. yeah okay <laughs> now's the time yeah, yeah i yeah you go you go there there's like 20 people there they're they're sitting in the wrist lock <laughs> for 20 minutes someone comes out he's a literal clown and the next thing you know the clown <laughs> is showing up in nxt uk you know uh pulling uh long long tissues out of his sleeve and triple h is taking a selfie with the clown you're like oh that's ruined okay never mind <laughs> We need to get a panto tour of the US. We'd make yeah. millions. I think that, that oh. would make millions. What, what low-level like American celebrities could we get to do it? Though? They're, all, they're all reality guys. They like, that's they're the yeah. only people that do it now. So they don't really have, um, they don't have like the soaps kind of culture that that we know. No, like someone from Days of Our Lives or something. Yeah, or the yeah. children yeah. entertainer sort of. Let's have a look on Cameo. Let's just peruse and see yes. and we'll definitely They're all they they are all too self serious because there's there's no, you know, Joe Swash in the States who's gonna do something <laughs> like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you're not gonna get one of the real housewives being Cinderella or absolutely would. But She's in, not in, it, uh, but you, in the current franchise, but past housewives absolutely would. But if it was if it was a a, a jokey kind of uh, piss takey thing, like maybe you could you know would they would they have that sense of humor about themselves? I wonder. You could get like uh, the cake boss as an ugly steps. Oh, I love the cake boss. <laughs> There's plenty of options here. Guy Fieri might do it as well. Not bad. Yeah, I'm trying to think what shitty failed wrestler would do it. Doesn't Guy Fieri do like supermarket sweep now? Yeah, but they call yeah. it something else, like trolley madness. Trolley doctor, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not funny. My dad died of trolley madness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the UK kids. <laughs> yeah. This match, huh? Mm. I honestly, if you ask me what right. in the ring, I don't think I could actually tell you. And I only watched this two days ago, as time of recording. I it was just such a nothing match like things happened in the ring but of like no consequence it was a really boring opener i think like the match was fine but it was aggressively fine yeah i thought about like six seven minutes into it i was like oh this is this is fine for a little opener but then that was only halfway through the match so it just kept going it was yeah it it would hardly set the show alight. like it didn't get the crowd going for the rest of the show um, yeah, I think the I, next match would have made a better opener than this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the pacing of the show was weird because obviously you have like the the kind of the albatross of having an hour long main event. So it's like okay, we only have five matches, but then as a weird consequence, like 
I think every match on this card, even the good ones, they're like three or four minutes too long, slightly. Just yeah. like everything's going in. Like maybe they should have said, actually, let's trim these all down and just we can just stick one extra match in there or just trim them down and leave it. You know, it's 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 uh, it's kind of an oddly laid out show, I think. Yeah, I don't think this card would have missed this match. No. The UK kids won this one. He folded up Stradlin off an attempted sunset flip for a quick pinfall. So our next match is Puma taking on Top Gun Talwa. This was the match where Excalibur resurfaced via instant messenger. Uh, always an interesting cultural divide for me is whenever I hear Americans talk about AIM, uh, AOL instant messenger, of course, here in the... I, uh, well, I assume, maybe you guys would be different, but in the free state of Ireland, we were MSN people. <laughs> I actually had both because I was on a, I was on a, <laughs> I was on a, a Kingdom Hearts forum at the time. Oh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I thought you were going to say wrestling. I yeah, thought you were going to fucking say wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> because I I installed AIM because I had wrestling forum friends, but I never used it. I, if you had given me one hundred guesses about what you were about to say there. What? I would never have get the 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 goofy anime game. What? <laughs> the, 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 gosh, we have to save the world, Mickey. That game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We know what Kingdom Hearts is. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey has to save a kingdom. Oh, and uh, you would his be, kingdom. Emma, um, you would hate this game. It's like your worst. Yeah, I can't think of life. <laughs> Anything you would like less than this, I yeah, can't you imagine. Play along with the cartoons. Oh no! Yeah. So you know Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's that mixed with Disney. Oh God. They were good games. I, okay. I liked it. I liked it. Um, and you made friends them. with these other perverts. This, like, really? <laughs> this is how my internet life began. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there's no Gorilla Islands without Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I it's just... I to do a podcast after this revelation. <laughs> oh, I, I, feel like I, I, I feel like I just want to do a podcast about this revelation more than <laughs> anything else, to be honest. Okay. okay, I think we all need to admit something then. What's the lamest forum you were ever a part of? Oh, I... Um... Thank you, Emma. Okay. Um, like Barry's got to have some dingers. <laughs> I, I, G -U well, I, 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 <laughs> oh, I was absolutely on loads of hip hop forums back in the day. Um, <laughs> and sort of tangential to that, uh, my MySpace friends list. Not many actual friends on there, I'll tell you that much. But I had, I had the game and Chameleon Air on there, so that's all that matters. You know. Message boards, though, I was on. Uh, uh, I joined a Russell Brand message board at one stage. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, what? that was. Oh, that was Russell Brand. Well, specifically to talk about his radio shows. I listened to. Okay. I wasn't on there talking about his his outfit of the day. Uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, it was it, it, it wasn't. So I was there because I was listening to his his shows. But it was not a radio show fan. Forum. It was no. It was a Russell Brand fan forum. It's probably it's probably still active because it was insanely. Active and popular. I can't. Well, yeah, it's probably fucking brain pills and uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I joined that. Um, 
that's probably the worst one. And 10 million wrestling ones, and yeah, a lot yeah. of hip hop ones. A lot of, oh, I, I bet my posts from the hip hop ones are just so <laughs> embarrassing because I'm definitely talking about, um, you know, when's this mixtape dropping? You know what I mean? I'm definitely <laughs> doing that. Um, it's probably mortifying, but yeah. Oh, God, that's amazing. Yeah, I would do anything for that way back machine to see those posts. <laughs> logging back in Barry try to remember the sites and log back in and just look at your post history yeah I'm trying but I can't I'm trying to even remember what the names were because it was not I don't think it was anything super well known but I, I, I I'm sure if I could go digging around I could probably find something but uh, yeah check in right. Mr. Underground here uh, you I like, yeah I my early my early internet posting even before I got massively into back into wrestling it was it was Hip hop is that was the that was the main thing I was I was scouring the net for, um and also like when I would find um fire mixtapes that means good, um I would uh, burn them to CDs. I had a massive CD collection of of various uh, 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 illicitly uh, sourced uh, music. Anyway, that's that's just my offering. Someone else talked about their terrible message board now. Now I know how Zig felt a minute ago. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think I was really on message boards except for wrestling ones because my internet kind of time was towards the end of message boards and stuff. But I have had a lot of embarrassing what I would call fandoms in my time. <laughs> um, I mean, like soaps. I was really being into soaps when I was like 12 or 13. EastEnders, Hollyoaks, a bit of Coronation Street, never Emmerdale. But there was a time in my life I was obsessed with soap. <laughs> um, and kind of linking back to Barry's, there was a time, remember Big Fat Quiz of the Year back in the day? And it was yeah. Joel Fielding and Russell Brand. They were yes. called the Goth Detectives. Obsessed with them. My early YouTube favourites are littered with compilation videos of them. Um, football was nice. a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan when I was, again, everything happened when I was 12. <laughs> again littered videos of him in my early youtube history but then yeah a lot of wrestling a lot of wrestling they were the only message boards that i felt like i was able to actually provide like something to and actually be able to communicate about wrestling the rest i just youtube comments that was about it i wasn't embarrassing on the internet so oh, only because you deleted all your history <laughs> Yeah. No, I was. I suppose maybe my Veronica Mars message board <laughs> that was. Wow. I'm not embarrassed by that because no. I, it's still my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah, and, uh, Buffy. Big on the Buffy forums. I think that's it, really. X Files. No, those, those, those aren't embarrassing because I think those no, shows are. Not. Very, I'm, not, I'm very... not embarrassing. Yeah, I am. I'm a bit annoyed that I don't think anything topped Kingdom Hearts. But no. is pretty bad. Yeah, but I know what I know what Barry was on, sort of like because at the same time as the Ricky Gervais, Carl Pilkington stuff. Which I was, I was on that board for. I think my account's still there. I was the number one poster on that board uh, in, in terms of quantity. <laughs> uh, genuine, no, genuine, in terms of quantity, I had the most posts on that forum. Uh, he was a big dog uh, on Wikipedia. Yeah, um, that account, that forum is still up, but like it's it's a. a no, it's not. I don't think it's been updated for mobile formatting. Like that's how yeah, it's kind of kept up for posterity, but I don't think it's actually used. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and so it was a, as part of that community. There was like a, a a subgroup of people who listened to the Matt Morgan and Russell Brand podcast, which were which were fantastic. And they're like, "Oh, let's go over." It was almost you know like a, a raid of sorts over there, and it was just a, it was so stupid in hindsight. Literally just went over and like, "Hi, we're from that." It's like, "Okay, hi, you all seem kind of crazy over here." Um, but uh, this is as well. Not that Matt Morgan. <laughs> oh no 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 not not um no 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 no. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Excalibur appears versus <laughs> Instant Messenger, and he had he had some uh, interesting tidbits. This is quite controversial, and I, I felt I made a note of this because I felt like we would discuss it. He said UK Kid was the prettiest man from the UK. And he said Stradlin was the ugliest man in PWG, which I feel like, I suppose I can't think of another example off the top of my head of someone worse, but I feel like that's quite harsh. When you get a close-up of it, no, I don't want to say that that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to throw anyone else under the yeah. bus in the, in the ugly stakes, but uh, Excalibur was ruthless, obviously. A UK Kid, is was him saying UK Kid is the prettiest man from the UK? Was that a slight on the UK? Is that what he was doing? I yeah, thought so. Yeah, that's always been a thing that Americans think the British people are ugly and have bad teeth. Okay. Okay. That's like a whole thing. He did also reveal that uh, Excalibur or well Disco revealed that Excalibur looks like Brad Pitt under his mask <laughs> and Super Dragon looks like Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the match was, was pretty good and yeah. it would have been a much better opener. I thought TJP or Puma, sorry. Was very good, yeah. This and really made me think how different or how much better his career would have been if he just stayed masked. Yeah, mm. yeah. Never got Twitter. Never yeah. got Twitter. Although that's a lot of wrestlers. That is a lot True. of wrestlers who who if they just never got that. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I, I they kind of worked it as more of a Puma match than a a, a Top Gun match. And I think we're still kind of in that era of, of PWG where it was really solid stuff, but just, the crowd just did not seem into it. I, I don't think that, I think they struggled to get into your kind of, we're going to roll around on the mat, exchange some holes type stuff. So they were not, and uh, as, we, as noted, it was an almost capacity crowd bar one seat, um, <laughs> uh, but they were not, they were not raucous for, for, for this grappling uh, contest. I'd be the same as the crowd because we've gone from Puma being in this heel faction with the dangerous players, you know, and causing havoc across the card to him actually now just being like a really great wrestler, possibly a baby face again and having this fun, what should have been opener with Top Gun Talwar. I agree. This should have been the opener. It would have, I think the crowd were just still reading from the last match and that's why they really couldn't get into it as well. It's kind of still the shadows of early PWG of they're not really knowing the direction of all these characters and, Things still being so in flux, I think. Puma looked really good. Did a nice like hurricane run, like out of the ring, which is kind of cool. A nice little solid match, which Puma won in around eleven minutes uh, via cloverleaf. So he is now, I think they said, thirteen and zero. Um, he's undefeated in singles competition. Working up to a title shot, I guess. Well, you'd think that. <laughs> we'll come to that later. Next up, though, it's a. Uh, PWG tag team title match as the newly named Arrogance, Chris Bosch and Scott Loss take on the Aerial Express, Scorpio Sky and Quicksilver. Chris Bosch came upon the name Arrogance over 
a bowl of cocoa pebbles and oatmeal. I don't really get what the significance of that was, or it was just funny that they're eating a child's cereal. I have no idea. I, I for for the for the segment where they came up with the name of this, you know, somewhat uh, iconic team in PWG history, I did not think any of this was funny. No one else in the crowd seemed to think it was funny. He said we were eating cereal together and we came up with the name and that was the bit. <laughs> yep. So accompanying Ariel Express is Dino Winwood and SoCal Val, who Scott lost threw some uh, bile and <laughs> slurs towards for uh, cheating on him while she was in TNA, I think. I don't know if that was a shoot or not. Yeah, I couldn't really hear a lot of these things. I just heard that uh, Scott Law saying that they were together for years and years and years and years and years. Jesus Christ, how old are you people? <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of slut shaming. I think then everyone tried to say that they had also had sex with her. Um, yeah, I think that seems to be the point of women in PWG at the moment, that they are just, they have just broken hearts and slept with a lot of people. Yeah, because like very, very early in the match, the commentary picked this up and it's never elaborated on again or mentioned again, but Val slaps Dino. Slaps Dino, just slaps him. Yeah. And then... And the camera just kind of picks it up and then moves away. And then two seconds later, they're back to just like banging on the mat together. <laughs> they're back supporting their team. Yeah, I, I did not get that at all. We find out on commentary that Excalibur and Disco Machine have also fallen out. But <laughs> after their last loss, because Disco pushed Excalibur down some stairs. <laughs> oh, they're, and they're also not performing on this uh, show because they were suspended for vandalizing cars, which they brought up in the first match. After their loss last week or last month, they uh, just went out and vandalized some cars and they got caught <laughs> and suspended. This yes. match was very, very good. I mean, I was really, really into it because I feel like... Because last month we got to see bottom loss for the first time and they kind of blew me away then. But I think they've really built on that here. And I just think this really shows that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, in this tag division. You watch their promos before the match and you're kind of like, oh God, what are they going to do next? But then you kind of forget about all that when you get to actually see them wrestle. And I think, yeah. you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing more between these two teams because Aerial Express, I mean, I think I said it last time as well, I think they've grown leaps and bounds in the time that we've seen them. And I think they really showed here because, you know, before we started doing this podcast, I didn't really have like fond memories. That probably sounds really bad. But this kind of reminds you just actually what a good tag team they are I think yeah I thought like once the double team started oh my god like this match kicked into an insane gear like um, I think the first double team was like this rolling leg bar monkey flip that the Aerial Express did and then it just it was just relentless till the the end like there were so, so many innovative moves that I don't like I definitely hadn't wouldn't have seen then but so many I don't think I've even seen now, like Chris Bosch's utilization of the backbreaker as well is always so good. 
it's crazy how he's fairly quickly put it all together and now he's he's Chris Bosch now. Do you know what I mean? He's he's uh he's kind of firing on all cylinders and and you know, we're two shows in a row where he's 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 uh played a role in some serious bangers. Uh it's great. And yeah, it feels like a while since it's kind of been mentioned, but I was just kind of constantly thinking during this match, I was like, Scorpio Sky is really good. He's so so good. Just like everything's so crisp and he, he he does all these things that are kind of trying to split the difference between like lucha and then into submissions and working his kind of MMA style stuff into it. There, it's just really, really, really impressive. It is mad that like he really was never picked up in the past fifteen years. Like I know he had you know some <laughs> troublesome posts and stuff, but that's never stopped wrestling. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just it's just bizarre that. He now, like he's only really getting his due now, and he's clearly been pretty great for the past fifteen years. Yeah, absolutely. The Chris Bosch blood spots, just brilliant. Just like Chris Bosch is great. His promos are great, and they've really made up for the shite UK kid stuff. There was a lot going on in this match. I was really entertained by it. Thought the finish. I didn't like the finish. No, oh, no, it made absolutely no sense. And then in a later match, it made it make even less sense. Yeah. It was like the, based on everything we've seen so far, I think we now have enough collected information. This is now the, a typical of the era, bad PWG finishers. People getting involved, their timing is off. The commentary doesn't know what's happening. The camera isn't catching half of it. The referee doesn't know what's going on. The fans don't even know what the results of the match is. I was like, oh my God, this is so much. And of course the glue that holds early PWG together. Baby Slim is there. Yeah. <laughs> Cup in hand. And that was just like, I was just like, oh, great. Okay, so First Family is still a thing. Like, what is, there's no need for Bosch and Scott Loss to be in that anymore. That could have just kind of, okay, we're arrogance now. We're not doing that. That's fine. Baby Slim just shows up at the end of matches now. And pretty much just ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, even though it's like, it's still 2004, it's still so early, but you're watching this match and you're like, oh, we're, we're, we're actually getting into it. We're getting into fucking PWG. Yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and like, like they're doing, Sky does this incredible like float over DDT and Scott takes his perfect, like, you know, uh, he does like the RVD cell of the, DV, uh, of the DDT where he's like a plank. And yeah. it's like, it's, they're doing all these cool moves and selling them crazy. And then, Baby Slim comes down and he gets in SoCal Val's face and Val gets up on the apron and Baby Slim pulls her down and then Baby Slim gets in the fucking ring in front of the referee and tries to tries to help Arrogance but accidentally Spears lost. Yep. Then has a, a absolutely beautiful acting moment where he goes, oh, maybe I like that I laid out Scott Lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm into this, folks. You know, what can I say? Then maybe he likes... <laughs> Baby Mikey, you know, then he deliberately spears Bosch. Yeah. And somewhere in the middle of all this, the referee goes, oh, wait a minute, this is a DQ, I think. That's, uh... <laughs> so the ref first gets knocked down and David Slim comes in, but the ref gets up immediately <laughs> and sees all of this unfold. And, and as Emma said earlier, I don't want other than the to be the bot of a promo... What 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 is the story significance of SoCal Val? She's getting involved. Baby Slim hates her. Well, fucking every man in the building hates her. It turns out. <laughs> but like, what is going on? 
Oh my god, mm. this was this was the melting point. This was good mid two thousands PWG and early PWG coming to a an ugly head. I think. I thought there was a great moment where they did the everyone down spot where everyone takes a finish or a big move and like all four men collapse and stuff. I thought it was done very well and an earned one compared to like what we see now where, you know, where pretty much every box match has it now where they all go for the, the double drop kick or something like that and everyone everyone's down and it's now a cue for the audience to just stand up and clap, like regardless of what they think of the match. Yeah. But I thought this one was really earned. And it kind of fit the story that they were telling as well. It didn't just, it wasn't just thrown in, like you said, just because like, oh, let's give the audience a moment to really appreciate the work that we're doing. I think it kind of fit the flow of the match as well. So, yeah, one of, I think one of the, the better matches we've seen in, in PWG up to this point. As much as I didn't like the finish, I'm glad that this isn't it because I do want them to have a series. Yeah. Um. So, as you said... Bosch and Lost win via DQ because of their stablemate attacking them. So our next match is a PWG world title match with Ricky Reyes, Puma's stablemate, challenging Frankie the Future Kazarian. So <laughs> instantly on commentary, Disco uh, starts tearing into Ricky Reyes because Puma is his corner man is undefeated in singles action and should be in the match instead of Reyes. And also points out that on that undefeated run, Puma beat Ricky Reyes. <laughs> I always like when they tear apart their own booking. Their own booking. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Another uh, barnstormer of a Kaz title match here. First, first like five or six minutes of this, I felt like they were just literally taking turns doing headlocks and I was so bored. Yeah, the highlight of the match for me was uh, Disco's cat Jado entering the chat. <laughs> Love that. I got upset though when they mentioned the Curry House because I don't oh, know, yeah. months ago they mentioned that the Curry House was now closed down. So if we ever did travel to Southern California, we wouldn't be able to visit the famed Curry House. So in mourning for the Curry House, to be honest. R.I.P. <laughs> I like that uh, Bobby Quance was once an honorary Havana Pitbull and he was called Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco, Rocky, Ricky? Yeah, pretty good. Heel Frankie was just very, very bland, very boring as per usual. And like they, they mentioned him in TNA at the time, where I assume he's nothing like this. Because he'd be in the X division and stuff like it's probably night and day. I, I don't know. I can't say I saw much of his very early TNA run. I think he was yeah, just a, a white meat baby face. I think in the X division at that time. Yeah, like when I think of Frankie Kazarian in the X division, like you know, at the time the X division had all of these names in it that you kind of associate with the time. I suppose like Chris Saban, AJ, kind of being two of the bigger ones, and and Daniels, but. When you think X Division, you don't really think Frankie Kazarian. He was always just kind of there and one of the other guys in matches. And I hope people don't get angry at me for saying that, but I think it's true. Like he's a nice addition, but like mm. he doesn't really give you much, you know. Yeah, it is weird that he's like this company's top guy who isn't actually at the top because he rarely main events. And like, and is not kind of. 
not like celebrated in like PWG lore all that much. Like when he came back with like Daniels, like, again, around the 14, 15, like post TNA, it's not like, like, oh my God, a PWG icon is back amongst us. It's like, it really wasn't. It's like, hey, it's Cousin Daniels. How you do? You know, it was, he's not like, and, and watching these shows back, I guess you can kind of see why. I think a lot of people were probably just impressed by a lot of the other guys in the show and his matches were kind of a thing he just sat through, I think. It feels like he was given the title because it's like Frankie's going to be here pretty much every month. So at least we have the one constant guy who can put up, produce, you know, good enough matches every month. Well, I know that's kind of debatable, but like he's not going to completely shit the bed. Do you know what I mean? And you can kind of put him in against people. You know, he has enough of a name that you can put him in against anyone that think like i was gonna say imports but like people from the east coast and be like yeah you can just put him in a match for frankie and it's fine i think that's really why he's champion but they didn't have to do him as a heel and i think that's really where he's being let down uh, yeah. like yeah. if he was a baby face and we got all these heels coming in fine we can yeah. have a bit of promo blah 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 this is just i don't know it's it's I like I said it all last week. It's it's yeah. not been a good run. They need to take the belt off and they need to move on somewhere else. It's like look, this is third from the main. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with a match that no one really cares about. No. And really, sorry. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, lay into just I wanted to talk it's about the actual match. Yeah. So it was a different point. The um, pile driver mm. was one of the most like dangerous pile drivers I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A neck should have been broken there. The match would have been stopped in forty states. Yeah, it was like oh, it was, it was so unsafe. You could the the neck was so exposed. You could see it was just like rubber. I, and then there was a tombstone. That was yeah. also incredibly dangerous. Uh, possibly a receipt. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You can always kind of tell because you heard it in the main event as well near the finish. The commentators, you can you can you can tell when they leave out a real guttural roar, which is oh that actually looked like oh someone might have gotten fucked up in there, <laughs> yeah. and they absolutely did it for that pile driver as well. So yeah, it was it was nasty. So leading to the finish. Rick Knox gets knocked out. Uh, Baby Slim once again enters the fray with his pimp cup, but he gets blinded by his own juice and he hits his move on Frankie. More friendly fire, uh, but that's only a two count for Reyes. Uh, Rick Knox was up and saw all of this and did not DQ. um, (laughs) Completely flying in the face of the last match. And yeah, they had another little back and forth for another couple of minutes. So it was completely pointless. And Frankie wins the uh, third wave of the future. It took three of them to put Ricky Reyes down. Yeah, another quality finish. Also, <laughs> I don't know if this was actually uh, some uh, a bit of storytelling that they worked into the match or it was just... It, Frankie was wearing hideous long tights. Like one of his one of his worst looks. I mean, generally speaking, his his gear is okay. His promo streetwear is bad, but his gear is usually fine. But his 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 tights here were horrible. And when Slim came in and got blinded, they tried to make the point 
Yes. Well, when you're blind, when you, your vision's impaired, he was wearing similar gear to Reyes. But then even before they could get that sentence out there as well, also Reyes is shorter and bolder. So it's like, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't really work either. Anyone else anything to say on that, Sarah? Anything from yourself? I was just going to say, imagine if you did do like the traditional booking style of what people say, the champion should always be the main event. Imagine if that was your main event of the night, how you would feel walking out of that building. Oh, God, yeah. I think you'd walked out during the match. Yeah, I don't know that you'd have bought a ticket. <laughs> it's fucking dreadful. Oh, just, I'm so sick. I, I'm so sick of these finishes because they're nonsensical. Like, they're they're borderline on comedy. Like, they are yeah. comedy, and it's, but it's not good comedy. It's quite sad, actually. Fair play to Baby Slim, though, still getting those bookings. Yeah. yeah. The chaos he causes. And, like, I do not care enough about this faction, the first family, to care about the permutations of his actions. Yeah. He just gets bookings because he brings everyone really cool Keep the Gangster shirts every month. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, got the new colour. <laughs> and it's like, so uh, from these two finishes, is it like, is he going baby face again? He's been a heel for like, <laughs> Two shows, like I, I, oh my god! I hope it's at least extracting Bosch and loss from them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be the net positive, yeah. I guess. So then, our next match is a Chikara showcase with uh, one of their traditional six-man tags. It's Mike Quackenbush, Icarus, and Granakuma, the uh, Technicos, uh, against Hollow Wicked, Jigsaw, and Larry Sweeney. The Rudos. This was a pleasant surprise to see on the card when I uh, fired. So I had no, obviously I knew there was a little bit of Chikara uh, crossover, especially in the early 2000s. I had no idea Larry Sweeney was ever in PWG. Me either. Uh, that um, was a, a nice little surprise. Yeah, really good. I liked how straight away Excalibur said that Larry Sweeney reminded him of Mitch Ryder. Mm, because that. Mitch Ryder goes on to mentor him in Chikara and they form a tag team and they're just incredible like some of the funniest promos you'll ever see in your life that was very astute from our man in the booth oh we should explain sorry Oliver <laughs> is back on commentary having not been on any of the previous matches because we learn in the main event that they they recorded this show backwards so they recorded commentary for the main event next and then this six man tag and then Excalibur obviously got spirited away in some form and Taro replaced him for the rest of the show. I was glad to have him back um, yeah. for the for the, for the two main events. Uh, Taro was fine. I think Taro and Disco have a nice little rapport, but you know, yeah. X, X and Disco is the, is the dream team. For all, their, for all their misgivings, of which there are many, uh, I, I still think they are, uh, they are the, the best team. I think you needed Excalibur for this match. I just think yeah. to actually give the explanations of the style, even though they're like white boy, like Lucha Libre, and like, oh, that's kind of what we do as well. But you needed him there for the serious parts at the start because, you know, I'd say 99% of the people who bought this DVD might not know who any of these people are, what Shakara is about, and not that he did the excellent job, but he did a better job than either Disco or Taro could have done, I think. There's a point where Chikara, the Chikara wrestlers do one of the sort of famous Chikara spots. 
the chain of headlocks, which Excalibur just dismisses as some circus shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had his fun with this match, even though he was also doing a duty of uh, informing people about it. I thought everyone handled themselves really well because, like, most of these guys, bar Quacker, are all just rookies. Like Sweeney was in his first year, and the other the others are only about two years into their careers as well. Now, this is their style of match, and they've probably done a hundred times, but I thought not that it was, you know, Dragon Gate six man level, but they they got themselves across very well. I thought I thought it was one of the better matches on the card for sure. Yeah, but it was like it was like a PWG opening six man, just with six really good wrestlers who work very well together. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, a white boy lucha six man but kind of blowing away the people you see do that on these shows. Uh, it was like, it was a different, a different class. Like if you think of Eshikara six man, like in your head, this is exactly what it was. I don't know what we could say to describe it. it you already have it in your head. If you've ever been exposed to Chikara, uh, you know exactly what this match is like, but that, that is a good thing. Yeah, and, and they, they explained Excalibur said on comment, oh, and they announced it actually in the building that it was, you know, quote unquote, lucha rules, which uh, I mean, technically that's, you know, one person slides out, they don't have to tag another person. Come in. But in US indie wrestling, it's kind of just tags don't matter. That's the that's the unofficial definition. Yeah. So guys are coming in, guys are coming out, they're doing moves, they're taking turns. It's very much a you go, I go kind of thing, but not in a bad way. I mean, they're they're having an, an action packed uh, uh, match that flows really well. Uh, and yeah, and, every, every, and it was also a, uh, everyone gets to shine kind of uh, kind of match as well, which is which is fine for a, a showcase like this. I think the great thing about this was I think it was actually the perfect place for it on the card, considering you know the fans had to kind of get prepared for this you know Iron Man match that was coming next. It was kind of like a nice little um, like a little sorbet before you go into your your, <laughs> your main course, you know. And I think at the time. I think it was probably nice for the PWG faithful to just see different people. I think like any time that you have matches like this, like going back to many moons ago at like 88 miles per hour when you got kind of saw the Osaka Pro guys, it just really breaks up, I think, the card and just the, the PWG nonsense that we have to put up with. And I think it really stuck out from the card because it was just so different, just a different style and I think, like, I hope, I can't remember, I hope we kind of get to see more of this, you know, not every show, but, you know, kind of showcase matches like this, I think are always a nice addition to a card. I don't know if many of them come back. Obviously, Hollow Wicked does, but, yeah, I'm really, really hoping to see more of them. They're just such a weird promotion, aren't they? Like, they either usually get all of them or none of them. Like, I know that happened in Ring of Honor for a while and Dragon Gate USA as well. And look, we, we know why that is. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it is, is disappointing because like Larry Sweeney and his pomp in in the Reseda Hall. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, gee, that would have been dynamite. He would have been a legend. He would have yeah. been a legend. And I loved how taken Disco and Excalibur were by him like straight away. Like he was the least experienced guy in the match and they were, they were like so impressed with how he carried himself. Yeah, like I think everyone knew from really early on just how good Larry Sweeney was. Like he was just such a character, and yeah. the way you can't help I think but be captivated by him. You know, like 
I don't ever necessarily think Larry Sweeney was one of the best wrestlers in the ring, but <sighs> just he made up for that in spades. And the fact that he had it so early on in his career, I think, just speaks volumes about that man. Yeah, like he was like really smart, even if he wasn't yet yeah, athletically as as good as his wrestling brain was. Because, yeah, he definitely knew his shortcomings and he knew how to overcome them. Um, and I do like how Disco felt a kindred spirit with him because he wore bell bottoms <laughs> in his <laughs> But, like, even then, just being made, made captain of the, the Rudos team, even though he's the less experienced of the three, and not Hallow Wicked with, and Jigsaw, who are two of Quack's right-hand men, pretty much. I think that said a lot as well, just to how he can control an audience i guess yeah exactly and that's something that he he would have gone on to do then in his career i think sweet and sour ink um in ring of honor actually one of my favorite probably my favorite factions of all time and it's all because of him and how he just commanded everything and he didn't even have to, to do a move so that's it for the the larry sweeney power hour <laughs> um, so halloween gets the pin on quack a uh, very similar finish to the to the opener, Quack attempts a sunset flip, but from his knees, but Halloween folds him up for a three count. Analogy of a sorbet is, is perfect. <laughs> like this was a real nice palate cleanser. Get the taste of the last yolk out of our mouth and get ready for the main course. It's interesting how the wicked got the win, but I suppose he was always kind of thought of as among the, uh, the prize students in in Chicago, yeah, like a to me, Wicked is like one of the most underrated indie wrestlers of all time. I don't know if it's just because he didn't want to move around or what, or it's, or it's the, the Chikara thing. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't okay. allowed because Chikara owned Halloween. Yeah. yeah, that's such a that's such a shame. I mean that that whole thing. I mean it's been talked about a lot, but I feel like there's still like the uh, this is not a chikara podcast but you could talk so much about how great so much stuff in that company was over the years and and we and you when we go to see to an indie wrestling uh, show and i'm sure most people listening is the same you see a guy at that show and you're like that guy is awesome you know what he would kill it in company a b c d e f g and there was so many people in chikara who were like that and hallow wicked is is right up there with the best of them you're like oh he should have been in germany he should have gone to the uk and he should have been in every us company that that had the budget to fly him in and it, it just did not it did not come to pass obviously yeah um, it's a shame but at the very least Zig we saw him that's all that matters you know yes yes we saw him against Sammy fucking Callahan. Uh, <laughs> when, when this match came up I was like I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to squeeze it in I'm gonna have to squeeze in the, the reference that we, we travelled to England <laughs> and I went specifically to see Halloween and Frightmare and these fuckers at Fight Club Pro Put him in a six-man hardcore match with Sammy Callan and the Chris's. <laughs> oh, fucking god! We were uh, raging. I think that's the most disappointed I've ever been on the show. Because <laughs> and it wasn't even it didn't even really deliver as a hardcore match. It was just they went out there and they hit each other with shit for like I don't know what nine minutes or whatever, and that was it. I was like, yeah, and then we got a twenty-minute Chuck Mambo match following. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in the bathroom for that whole match. <laughs> I'm gonna have to sit down. Very smart. So next, we move on to a match that was three times as long as that Chuck Mambo match, but didn't feel it. 
a 60-minute Ironman match between Super Dragon and Joey Ryan. So to kick things off, Excalibur likened this match to another 60-minute Ironman match he watched between Don Leopold and Luthes. <laughs> a match I, I don't think ever actually happened. I don't think Don Leopold is a real person. Um, but Luthes amounted such a lead that Don Leopold left the ring to get a copper chair. Steel wasn't readily available at the time. <laughs> and beat Luthes so badly that he had to be counted out several times and Don Leopold won the match. Never never really came across that one in my journeys, but uh, no. I'll have to keep an eye out if I ever go back into the archives. It might go up on the network as a hidden gem. <laughs> yeah. I actually think it's funny, the timing of this match as well, because I was, you know, looking up and doing my research and only a few days, like I think a week earlier was Joe Punk 2. So wow. what a time to be an independent wrestling fan in 2004, having these two big Ironman matches like a week apart. Yeah. Something, something about this era of indie wrestling, like the long match was just in vogue, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, the, these two, Hero and Punk, Aries had a few, Danielson had a few. It was kind of the prestige thing of the era. If you were a real worker, you worked for sometimes 90 minutes, you know, with mm. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, to set you apart. Like if you, I think it then became a pissing contest as well. Yeah. Like, well, if you're doing this long, especially the Aries one, that was yes. that was nearly two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it, as as things always do in indie wrestling, everyone had to had to jump on it and just take the piss ever so slightly, and it just snowballed. It's never a stipulation that excites me when like it's announced. No. It's never because I'm because I don't think any match should be over twenty minutes long. So it's always just like. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I have to sit down for an hour and concentrate yeah. and think. But I like good ones, I, I tend to enjoy them, yeah. yeah. And this was a this very, was a, this was very a good, good one. one. If they're not good, you you do find yourself clock watching, especially if you are aware that it has to go the hour. Like, yeah. I don't think it's controversial anymore, but like, Brett, Sean. I clock watch when yeah. I when I watch yeah. that because I actually I don't think it's that good. Um no. but for this one, even though going into it, you know it's an hour, you didn't find yourself being like, Oh, how long has gone? Because you they they paced it very, very well. Yeah, like the first fall is until half an hour in and mm. it did not feel like it. Yeah. I can't say I've seen many, but this is definitely up there with one of the best Iron Man matches I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I, I had a similar thought to, to Emma where I'm like, every time they someone, anyone announces one of these, I'm like, oh my God. I, I also hate matches that I, North of 15 has always been a bit of a struggle. But in execution, I, I kind of, I was like taking stock of my head. I was like, I actually think I like more of these matches than I dislike. And I was like, I think the only one I really actively dislike is is the Brett Sean one. And I think that's because they didn't have any fun with the format. Like the structure of this one is great. They're going back and forth, having a great match for a half hour. Then Dragon gets ahead. And then the baby face is trying to catch up in those dying minutes. And like, that's great. Didn't like the Brett Sean one because it's just, it has one fall in it. It's pointless. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, um, you shouldn't do a stalemate. Yeah. I no. don't think. Uh, well, a stalemate, stalemate would no. With no falls, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, I think would not be surprised if it came from Bret Hart because I can see 
the idea that we're so well matched that we shouldn't be able to. But you also got to give people something. Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I really liked this one. There's other ones in PWG's future I really liked. I like the Rock Triple H one. Like I, I like most of them really. Um, because I think it does give people a lot of a lot of tools to work with. Yeah, um, the Rock Angle one on SmackDown as well. Great yeah. one. Yeah, great one. Anyway, back to this one. Yes. <laughs> About 15 minutes in, Disco says it's a stalemate. And Excalibur goes, is it? Because <laughs> and what I've looked at is Super Dragon has Joey Ryan in a head scissors, or leg scissors and is slapping him on the back of the head. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah but he's just playing possum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like he perhaps had he knew what the structure of the match was going to be, and so he had stalemate in his head as a little buzzword to use. But the story of the first half of the match up until the first fall is that Dragon is just clowning on Ryan. He's slapping the shit out of him. He's doing the kicks to the back of the head. Ryan never gets out of the gate in the first in the first like half of the match. So the story is very much kind of stalemate by the end, but the early goings is that. Dragon's gonna put this guy away. He's absolutely torturing him. Um, and again, with the with the idea, it's again, it's kind of weird because the PWG crowd are so odd. It's on paper a great babyface story of like he's gonna weather this brutal storm and come back. But the, the crowd just likes Super Dragon more, so they're yeah. like just they're just loving him, kicking the shit out of this guy. But it was similar with the Guerrilla Warfare match. Uh, yeah. It was a kind of similar structure where it was just Dragon going to town. Um, and it's a good, it's a it's a good formula. It works. Like you really do, do get invested. It's really weird, isn't it? It's just because he's so badass. Like <laughs> you can't. There's just something about a dragon beatdown that just isn't heelish. No matter what, he's just mm. he's just a bad motherfucker kicking someone's ass. It's like yeah, this is great. Like he sort of has a Steve Austin type quality where it doesn't matter what he's doing. He's so cool. It's like yeah. Yeah, you just get into it. You're like you're there with him, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Just stomp his head in. Just stomp his head into the mat. It's it just gets you going. You know, like you could have that shit match beforehand, but when you have Super Dragon coming out and, and doing a violence party, it doesn't matter if it's against like your favorite wrestler because you're just into it. It just it brings it out of it. You know, that's that's the stuff you love about wrestling is Super yeah. Dragon. On commentary as well, Excalibur called it a rolling elbow and not a roaring elbow, which is a nice little nerdy thing that uh, I think only him and Chris Hero do that. Yeah. So I appreciated that. Chris Hero um, gets irrationally mad about that. He gets very yeah. he, he gets very riled up about it. At one stage, Dragon gets Joey Ryan up on the turnbuckle and he hits a super blue thunderbomb, but... Joey lands on his knee because he's so fat, according to commentary. <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or not. It looked very painful, and Dragon sold it very well. So I, I don't know. I, I The lines are blurred for me there. There was a lot of stuff in this match that looked like it could have killed them, to yeah. be honest. And I think that's the thing we always... like. Dragon selling in this match was actually my favourite part of it. We've said it loads of times. I don't know who says that Super Dragon doesn't give back because he sold everything like a champ in this. 
like his knees. It like it looked like he was legitimately hurt, and he probably was, considering how his career would go. <laughs> I mean, no wonder it was cut so yeah. short. I thought that a lot during this match, but that it's no surprise he's yeah yeah yeah. We'll we'll get to later ones, but yeah, there was a few. As much as I enjoyed them and I lost my mind, there was times where I was like, "Oh, dragon!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he's never not going one hundred percent in this match or in general. So about half an hour into it, Dragon hoists Joey up for a supernatural driver to take a one nil lead. They have a little a little rest break, and Joey Ryan starts starts a. Mounting a fight back and hits a, a swinging pedigree, yeah. which I'd never seen. Like he, he got him. It was a pedigree off the second uh, turnbuckle, but like a swinging DDT, except he had him, you know, hooked in the pedigree position. That was that was really cool. probably wildly dangerous, but it was a pretty cool spot to be fair. Yeah, lots of like lots of stuff, especially on in the second half of the match. A lot of their big spots were. Crazy moves off at least the second rope, like that was kind of a theme to it. And I was like, "Oh my!" Every time they went up there, it was like your heart was in your throat. It was like, "Oh my god!" Pretty quickly after about six minutes, Dragon hits a Phoenix Splash, a beautiful Phoenix Splash, mm. uh, to go two 0 up. And pretty much immediately after that, just jumps on Joey Ryan again, absolutely <laughs> obliterates him. Yeah, rolls him to the outside, hits a curve stomp on the floor, rolls him back in. Then hits a double stomp to his head and yeah. pins him for a very quick 3-0 lead. We're not even at 40 minutes yet. Yeah, I just I loved this quick one-two punch of Super Dragon. It was like the duality of Super Dragon with this lovely Phoenix splash, which is just mm. so <laughs> so elegant. Like the most elegant you'd ever see Super Dragon. But then to immediately then flip to the other side of Super Dragon where he just kicks the shit out of Joey Ryan. And it was just, like, Super Dragon was just so good, and it just really showed how much he could do. I mean, he had all the, the top the top rope finesse and then just the total badassery of the curb stomps. Um, and it looked vicious. Like, it really did. You know, at this point, I know, like, they actually go on to mention, like, the, the leads in, in sports. Like, they always say that a 3 nothing lead in, in hockey is actually the worst lead that you can have. But at this point in the match, you're like, how could you come back from this? Because not only is it 3 nothing, he just kicked the shit out of you. Yeah. Like, he really, it really looked like he was just gone. Like, when he went 3-0 up, I was like, he definitely doesn't sweep him or destroy him. In my head, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. Like, I'm not going to believe that he comes back. But they did do it in such a good way yeah. that every fall made sense. And, like, it's not that Joey Ryan suddenly fired up yeah. and, like, beat him down for, like, three consecutive falls. Yeah. It was that things just went his way. Um, like, so, literally after the restart, Ryan immediately small packages him. And gets his first fall three one. It's like okay, this this makes a bit of sense now. It's not just that the babyface beat his chest and like Fired took up the dragon and so, suddenly started mounting a massive, an unbelievable comeback. I think they could have easily done that. You know, I mean, a, a lot of companies would have done the the hulking up, and it's like none of this offense that you've done to me has actually mattered, and I yeah. can actually just go into a different mode. And I think this is what. 
elevates this match that everything made sense and i was the same at this point i was like god they're going to completely ruin this ending now by having an unbelievable crap ending because they're not great at their endings of other matches yeah probably going to be the same for this one but no like that that quick roll up was like okay okay this is good this is a good sign joy ryan takes control after the the flash pin and about five minutes later he hits a duff drop to bring it to 3-2 with 15 minutes left. Even then, you, you still don't know what way it's going to go then because now he's now he's got a respectable two. Yeah. You're like, look, if he doesn't get it over the line to draw it or, or win mm. it, you know, you think, oh, well, he got his, his shine still. He survived and he held his own. There were so many ways they could go with it. Like, they clearly sat down and did this out yeah. minute for minute. Really um, thought about it. There's one point where... Joey Ryan then teases a duff drop to the outside. Yeah. You can hear a fan just go, oh my God. Yeah, it's... <laughs> so funny. There's just so much fear. Like, the place is quiet and not in a bad way. Like, everyone is just like, oh my God. Because we've seen these guys do this shit. They know that mm. the two of them, when put together, are going to kill each other. They don't seem to care at all. But Super Dragon fights him off and they have... Uh, a suplex battle with Joey in the ring, Dragon on the apron, and you know how that goes, usually. But now with these two, Dragon suplexes Joey Ryan to the outside from the ring. Brutal. On a disgusting, hard gym floor. Oh, my God. Oh. Can't like, have been worth it, lads. It was a great match, but it cannot have been worth it. No, just absolutely. Because I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, I've seen... Yeah. The Davy Richards one. But they don't do it like that. This was a suplex from the apron to the floor. Like usually the Davy Richards one, they sort of fold up and like sort of nearly land on their arse. Yeah. But no, this was back. Oh my god. As to quote a fan. <laughs> yeah. No, this was a real suplex. This was an actual suplex outside. Because actually I was just watching the the dynamite kid thing last night the documentary and again another one where he did a lot of stuff where it's kind of like flying spectacularly out of the ring but they kind of you kind of like landed on your feet a little bit you're not taking an actual suplex but this was yeah you could probably count in your hands the amount of t uh, one hand the amount of times i've actually seen them two people do a actual superplex out of a ring yeah and even like i've, I've seen it in wwe recently but they have those huge crash mats now where they seem to be going gung-ho for anything they could do to the outside is now like fine yeah, but this was, yeah, pure wood. Um, so Dragon rolls Ryan back into the ring, hits another double stomp to the head, but this time Joy Ryan kicks out and manoeuvres into a figure four, um, a very long figure four, where Dragon is fighting as hard as he can. He, he turns it at one point, gets turned back on him, I, like it was a really good struggle. Like I say, it was yeah. long. That's not a a dig at it. It was it was done so well. Yeah, because I find submissions don't really look believable. Maybe it's just these days they certainly don't. But this looked. It was so good. The selling from Dragon was incredible. It really was. Like it just looked like. And they like we're what we're like fifty minutes into this now. Yeah. They were fucking yeah. exhausted. Yeah. Um. It was really good. And I thought, yeah, because I thought Dragon was going to reverse it. And I was like, oh, 
because at one stage you do think okay he's gonna somehow get it back and he didn't which i thought was just really well done because it was a long submission in the 55th minute you'd think it was a rest spot but neither of them they might have been sitting down but they weren't resting they were wiggling they're all sorry they were just wiggling around (laughs) so eventually after a couple of minutes in the hold dragon has to tap out which if what commentary said during the Scott last match is true, is only the second time he's tapped out. Definitely in PWG anyway. So we're now tied at three all. Dragon goes for a spear in the corner, but misses back when that spot was also still fresh at the time. Yeah, and in true Dragon fashion, absolutely annihilates himself. He actually speared the ring post. Yeah, he yeah. went for it. He almost Goldberg-esque, just fucking demolished himself on that. And he falls to the outside for a comically long 20 counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, he should have been counted out several times over. But Joey Ryan, I guess the babyface can't win that way, goes back out to bring him into the ring, puts him up on the tur- turnbuckle, and hits the duff drop to the outside. Oh, One of, if not the sickest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I, the way Dragon landed. You can't do justice to the way Dragon no. contorted in the air and just landed on his head. It was. No, you have to wait for Barry's gif. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was brutal. It was just like. I like you like physically wince. It was fucking insane. Like he lay there motionless for yeah. a long time. Oh, yeah. I was really, really concerned. Oh, if I'd have been there live, like oh, you, you would have just been like, he's not getting we've just witnessed a murder. Like we Yeah. Tears. I would have been yeah. in tears. Like I'm not the safety police by no. any stretch of the imagination, but this one I was like, lads, there was no need for this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we survived it. Yeah, that was over. I was like, oh, that's that's what happens to Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Like that was ridiculous. He is insane. Yeah. Joey Ryan with his absolutely big brain. Decides to roll Dragon in to try and pin him, but time runs out before he even covers him, really. Which is so like bit of a bit of a bad way to to end the sixty minutes for Joey Ryan. Like twice he had a count out victory in his hands, and instead he he wanted the pinfall, and it, it cost him pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So after a bit of argy bargy, we get you're allowed to say that, aren't you? That's not. Yeah, it's just so funny. It's like it's like it's like you're describing a disagreement about price down the market on of of a Saturday. (laughs) Bit of a kerfuffle there. After after a bit of argy bargy, he gave me the card for ten euro. You know. So Rick Knox um, decided to say it. Sorry, you're allowed to to think it's a it's it's a against the Argentinians, is it? That's what I thought. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. So, after that uh, unpleasantness, um, Rick Knox decides that we're going to go into overtime. Which is good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. More or less similar to the pace of the last five minutes. Over time, they were just throwing bombs. They were just lariating each other and German suplexing each other. 
Uh, it was not. It was not uh, slowly stand up and then one guy hits his finish and it's over. No, they did a nice little suplex exchange where one would get the other in the German suplex position, go for a second, but get immediately reversed until Dragon hits a, a very nice tiger suplex for a near fall. Uh, after that, they're on the on their knees, forearming each other until Dragon just fucking headbutts him, just <laughs> cranes back and absolutely loafs him. And considering what happened just three minutes ago is absolutely ridiculous. I'm superhuman. Seriously, like, I don't know how he goes from that to doing... And, like, that tiger suplex is so good, too. I'm like, how are you able to do this after braining yourself on the outside? Like, it's insane. He is one of, definitely of the era, like, one of the best all-rounders you'll ever find. Like, there's doesn't seem to be a style he couldn't do. Yeah. Totally. Um, he hits the psycho driver, which uh, Joy Ryan kicks out of. So he has to up the ante. He brings Joy Ryan outside, hits a vicious lariat, and follows that up immediately with a psycho driver on the floor, uh, after which he rolls Joy Ryan in. And does what Joey Ryan couldn't and pins him to win 4-3 after 66 minutes. Yeah. The amount of stuff on the floor in this match is absolutely bonkers. It looks like a, just a brutal uh, surface to be taking moves on. But yeah, what a spectacular conclusion. Yeah, it was an earned overtime, an earned finish. Like everyone looks good coming from that. It, it doesn't really matter this, who won or lost. Um just the absolute war. I think you'd have accepted either man, really. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there is a bit that didn't make it to DVDs, but after the match, they do shake hands. And it's a pity that's not on because I think that kind of. Yeah, I think that would have made sense to yeah, show. It just gives a nice kind of, but obviously there was probably music playing or whatever. It, yeah, it gives a nice kind of like ending to it. Yeah, I think they should still should have put up muted yeah. or something, even just to show it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they they didn't they didn't really yeah. care for that. <laughs> it was a satisfying ending. I think it's it's very rare, even if you really enjoy like Iron Man matches, that you're really satisfied at the end mm. of them. Like, there's always maybe something that you're like, oh, that's that's a bit annoying. But with the overtime, and I like that it wasn't just like two minutes and then it was done. Like. Like yeah. the minutes yeah. felt like a, a lot happened in that six minutes and the ending was then good. Whereas I think a lot of the time, like over times, they kind of don't deliver, but I think getting that extra time it did. And yeah, like like we said kind of at the start, this did not feel like the length that it was. I mean, I haven't watched this in a very long time. So going in, I was like, oh God, 60 minutes plus. Mm. I don't know. I was really not looking forward to it. But by God, did I get into it then? Yeah, especially watching the first match of the whole card, and you're just like, okay, right, this, and then I've got a sixty minute thing at the end. But by kind of the second third match, you were like all up for it, ready to go. I was pumped. I treated the kind of the last match like you know, like like a special event. Yes. I don't know if it was just the main event and the semi-main. I actually thought this was one of the best cards, though. 
Yeah. We've we've watched. Like I, I I'd put it up there as one of the best PWG shows so far. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best and most dangerous. <laughs> Who's to say they aren't linked? Oh well, yeah. 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 Uh, there was like three uh, three attempted homicides for sure. Which yeah, maybe maybe we like that adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. I I think there's there's a lot of evidence that we do. I think. Yeah, I think it was definitely one of the one of the better shows all in all. I kind of like the last show. The stuff that didn't hit was fine. You know. You know, Kaz and Reyes was probably the low light, but it was all right, I guess, before the finish, you know. Um, and then, yeah, the highs were, were pretty high, including... The, uh, this Is is this the best match so far in PWG? Probably, I would say. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, if, if not this, I'd probably go for their Guerrilla Warfare. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a toss-up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the best pairing. I think we can say that. It's certainly not like a show that comes up when people talk about the best. It, this is definitely a match that comes up. Yeah. Um, but no one ever talks about Use Your Illusion 4. Yeah. Uh, and like Use Your Illusion 3, if you look at it, had the better card. It had the better people. It was yeah. like, oh, that's exciting. This, you're kind of going, you're like, Chikaro, like, okay, what's that? Ricky Reyes gets a title shot? Okay. But it was it was really good i think that's exactly why it's not talked about because like i think <laughs> we're all guilty of looking at a card and looking for name mm. value when you're not maybe as familiar with promotions you know you're really looking for those names to hook you in and if you're not really familiar with pwg or shakara obviously because they're on that card you're probably like eh i'll give that a skip nothing's gonna stick out there and i'm not watching an iron man match yeah but if you're familiar, it really, really does hit. So <laughs> I think we'll leave it there then for for that show. Um, I really hope that this is the start of it. Um, I feel like we've been here before, though, where the we've had two good shows in a row and the third one then is a bit of a flub. So hopefully we're getting into the good stuff now. I know there's two debuts on the next card that bodes well. We shall um, see. And that next show is Free Admission. Just kidding. Great name. But now we move on to our favourite segment, Curious Gorilla. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> you really sell it, Barry. So we received a load of questions this month. But some of the questions we feel like we've sort of answered before, like what's your favourite moment in PWG or who are the greatest tag teams, etc. So unfortunately, we're going to skip those this month. And also, I haven't seen a lot of PWG, so I don't feel it's um, I'd be giving you good answers. I did think that the uh, the previous time when someone asked a question of that nature, and we were we were doing deep dives, and you were just there, you know, <laughs> the young ones. <laughs> the most famous match in PWG history. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate the questions all the same. Yes. Thank you very much. So this month, Sarah's going to read them out. Thank you, Zig. I'm going to start with my favourite question that was sent in from Sarah4L. And she asked, how come Sarah and Emma are so much cooler than Barry and Zig? <laughs> I would like her to show her workings. Yeah. That Is that your bias, Sarah, showing off? I mean, we're all about objectivity on this podcast, you know. Um, um, I think I can answer that question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's 
very simple. I think Barry and Zig are both feminist allies and they like to surround themselves with strong, wonderful, funny women and it doesn't intimidate them at all. And I think that's that's why. Zig, can you edit my previous statement out and just make, <laughs> and just make it sound like I let Emma speak first? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there you go thanks Emma you're welcome <laughs> I think that's that's the nail on the head Snowboy asks which wrestler alive today would you most like to see have a role in John Wick 4 it's a good one I mean is this a serious I'm trying to think like because my thing my thing about John Wick is just that it's, it's especially like the second and third one it's like he goes up to a lot of people who you would think are assassins and then they pull out a gun so I'm thinking like I want to see uh, Jack Evans busting a move on the subway <laughs> And, and and John Wick's walking past and then all of a sudden he's like wait wait and he's like no no I'm your buddy I'm going to escort you into the underground world of the b-boys or something you know <laughs> I would like Jack Evans yeah talking as he usually does and then stopping to go hello John <laughs> yeah. what about the fiend no get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> Alexa Bliss well you'd certainly hit a certain demographic <laughs> all about all about those box office numbers my choice is Pentagon. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that's cool and That'd fun. Be class, and like, yeah. Could we add a Dia della Muerte thing? And, you know, like they do, they usually love their big crowd scenes with a disco or something. Oh, yeah, Pentagon in a suit. You ever seen those pictures of Pentagon in a suit, but with the mask? Oh, my God. Oh, insanely good. Oh, no, he'd be in his fur coat. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a fantastic fur coat, which Emma yes. actually also has. <laughs> yes, I was cosplaying. I like ones. It's fantastic. I don't know who I would pick. I would pick Eddie Kingston simply because I just want Eddie Kingston to get paid lots of money. Sarah? He could be a thug. I think yeah, that's yeah. pretty valid. Who do I want? Uh, yeah, like my fiend dancer wasn't serious. I just think it'd be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, God, I probably should have thought about this. Um, maybe Marco stunt because it would just be really funny, <laughs> just unexpected. And I think Marco could be a good actor. I think he's proven himself on BTE. I think I'm maybe one of the only remaining people that actually tunes in from time to time. So yeah, Marco yeah, I'll take your word. <laughs> Next question comes from Mike Kilby, and he asks, "What are your thoughts on James Collins moving to Cardiff City?" And I'm going to pass it to Emma, my fellow hatter, to to kick us off. And um, I think it's really sad. He's he was very important for Luton, and he was very important for kind of my connection to Luton as well because he also plays for Ireland. Um, so I think it's sad, but look. Who wants to get that money? Get that money, I guess. Anyone else have any thoughts on <laughs> Collins departing to Cardiff City? Barry? Uh, I hope he has a safe trip. Say, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you got anything for us? Fair play to him. Reunited with Mick McCarthy. Fair play to him. Yeah, I'd be in the same boat as Emma. I think he really did have... We built that connection to him. And when we went to go see them play, he was the guy that we wanted to see. And now he's left. And I hate him now. Well, Harry the Hatter was the guy we wanted to see. But after Harry the Hatter. Oh, well, Harry the Hatter. <laughs> Harry the Hatter is just the given. Um, yeah. <laughs> sports mascots over any players in general, to be honest. Okay. 
So the next one comes from Jamesy, and I'm kind of keeping in with the theme here. Um, who does Emma think United should sign in the next summer to bring them to the next level? Who do I think? Yeah, yeah United you, should sign. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know those um, list of names you see go scrolling by at 100 miles yes, an hour every course. every Saturday? You know. Perfect. Okay. Well, look, it's unlikely that United can afford to si- sign Harry Kane. So focus on signing a right winger. Mason Greenwood can play up front. James Sancho is the best option. And after failing to get him last summer, this has to be the time to get him. Another centre-back would be great. <laughs> Preferably... Raphael Varane. But if they went for somebody younger like Ben White, that would work too. Central midfield should be a priority too. Um, it could depend on Van der Beek, but an upgrade on Fred would be nice. Uh, Marcel <laughs> would be cheap. And he's versatile enough to play different roles. Can't explain how erect I am right now. <laughs> oh, no. That's just my thoughts. <laughs> oh lord I think that really answered the question Emma I think you actually think James <laughs> there, and I think James is going to take that and post it on Twitter as his own um, <laughs> and feelings on what United should do in the transfer window this summer um, giving them too much Emma thanks next question I think is just absolutely gone. <laughs> oh, he's so red right now. He's so red. <laughs> I've never, I've never known feelings like these before. Oh my goodness. Okay, so our next set of questions actually comes from Hannah Pearson, who has sent in four questions. Okay. Wow. Who are we to deny Hannah Pearson? No. Four questions. Legend. The first question is now. This is a bit of a deep one. So we might come back to it, but I wanted to get it in your heads now. What is the colour that reminds you of each other and why? Hmm. So that's very deep. So I don't know if you want to answer now or I'll, I'll ask the other questions and we can come back to it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Give you a bit of time to think. Uh, the next one is who would survive a zombie apocalypse? Me. Out of the four of us. Yeah, it's Emma. I I, I mean, is it who's most likely or who actually would? No, who would survive? Um, I I think I'd be pretty good. Um, (laughs) Because you played some video game ten times doesn't mean you know how to survive. No, no, it's just my natural wiliness. I think I would be. Yeah. Oh wow! And now, if it was when like you couldn't microwave a lasagna. Isn't who couldn't survive best without electricity? It's who could survive a zombie apocalypse. They'll come together at the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, I got more. I got more pressing concerns now. To, although, to be fair, I do think where I would fall apart would be catching and cooking my own food. Absolutely, but that's nothing to do with the fact that I can't microwave a fucking lasagna. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. I uh, yeah, but I think the correct answer is none of us. I think that's. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah. Emma, Emma seems very confident, but. I think we would all survive, but it'd be under Emma's leadership. <laughs> yeah, that works for me. She'd also sacrifice one of us if it came down to us. Barry. What? No, uh, yeah, but, yeah, I, I would come back as the antagonist you all underestimated and cut me loose. And I'd come back with like one eye and like a, you know, a monster hand. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd make you all pay. So, well, Sarah uh, would definitely be safe. 
but she constantly keep putting you and me against each other. Yes, that of expulsion over us. Yeah, he, oh, I, I saw him looking at that tin of beans. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it would be fun. <laughs> so we've gone for all of us instead. <laughs> we should, uh, you know, do a little test run. We should go to one of those VR rooms and play a zombie game uh, and see how we coordinate then. Um, oh, that would uh, be chaos. Yeah, that would that would be amazing chaos. We'll yeah. definitely we'll definitely record it and put it up on this podcast feed. Thinking of Patreon content. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the next question is favorite song of the week. Does anyone have one top of mind that they'd like to go first? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a musicy person. Really, I don't have a favorite song, but I've been listening to the Wolf Alice album and nothing but the Wolf Alice album. So I would say the entire every song of the Wolf you know, Wolf Alice album. I guess my favorite song of the week was um, <laughs> from the, <laughs> the um the Euro twenty twenty opening ceremony. <laughs> Opera okay. song that you all know. Nelson Dorma. Um, yeah, that was just a really good moment, and I can't say I've listened to much music at all this week, and that was probably okay. the most I've enjoyed music this week. So. I listen to music pretty much all the time. So this was this is a pretty tough question, but if I look at my most played song of the week, it's a song called Water Slides by the Aquabats. It's 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 a great song, great great band, ska fusion mixed with just normal pop punk, which I'd I'd recommend if you're that way inclined. Okay, so our next question then from Hannah. Would you rather have 10 fingers on each hand or 10 toes on each foot? Now, I mean, I would rather <laughs> 10 toes on each foot because I could just hide them a lot easier. Uh, I think you can maybe mix it up here. No, as in like you have two hands, so you have 20 fingers in total. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> 10 fingers on each hand. Oh. Uh, oh, like I don't know if you could hide it though, because what shoes would you wear? Yeah, you know? that's my big thing. Um, shoes. I think you could do more with ten fingers. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. Too. I mean, think of think of how fast you could solve a Rubik's cube. First of all, think of all the lucky ladies. Yeah, so popular. Absolutely. Like... They, they, they they love Rubik's cubes, so yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely all the fingers. Victory. Move on. <laughs> Who wants 20 toes? Like, uh, monkeys? What? what? <laughs> no, monkeys hold bananas in their feet and they peel them and they eat them with their feet. So they would like yeah, 20, 20 toes. They have 20 fingers. No, they're still technically toes in a monkey. But why would they want more feet? They want more hands. But no, when you can use your feet as a hand, it's much of a muchness to you, isn't it? But also they climb a lot. But you said they want us. No, but you said <laughs> who would want the toes? And I'm just giving you an idea of who would want the toes. Also, circus people who do who do tricks. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, am I the only one that's going for the toes? I just think I I wouldn't want. I'd be very self conscious because I'd be the only person with twenty fingers. I think I'd just get a lot of work done. Do those typing tests and. <laughs> <laughs> think how many nails you could get. All your acrylic nails. Come on. Uh, one of them fell off on me, Emma, so I took the rest off. Oh, no. If you used, like, an old-school typewriter, you could, like, move it while you're typing. You'd you'd get so much written. Hmm. The 60s. 
And that leads us back to the original question, which we probably haven't even given a second part to, is what color reminds you of each other and why? I, I have an answer. I have okay, an answer. go. This is not. This is honestly not a jokey, cynical answer, but uh, black because of all of our time spent in dingy, dark venues and surrounded by black t-shirts. Um, You're putting us all in a group. I thought it was individually. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was what picture makes <laughs> what, what color, you know, <laughs> individually. How am I supposed to? What? What? You're not. You're not fucking. What? How would I even begin to do that? Well, so, that's what okay. the question is asking of us. Sorry, I'll do it. Hannah, but I only have one. Okay, Zig, you go then. Emma's purple. Thank you. Uh, Sarah's red. Barry's navy. Barry, you wear so much navy. Do we? <laughs> yeah. I think I wear a lot of black, hence my earlier my point. Either that or beige. Yeah, I wear beige, yeah. I'm going to maybe kind of give a peek into my mental illness here. But do you not all see colors when you think of people? Uh, no, no. no okay. No. Um, I might associate someone with a certain color, but that's yeah, but that's just good. from like what they wear and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not not their aura. No, when it comes to you two, it's your hair. Oh, okay. That's but you know what I was I that's what I was going towards because right now I just think of like like neon green slash yellow for your for like for you. And Emma's always purple to me because yeah. it's, like, it's like the Emma color. Barry, you are navy. I also. <laughs> wow. Okay. I guess I I, don't, I didn't even realize. Yeah, but did you know that? No, I was told this by someone that there's actually like colors associated with personality types. Like that's an actual yeah. thing. Yeah. Which I need to read into because I think that's actually really interesting. Okay. Well, my ones are Zig is a turquoise kind of. Sarah's lime green. I can't explain why. And Barry is a pale pink. Oh. That's nice. Very good. I like it. Yeah. So, Barry, have you come up with any? Uh... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sticking to my original answer. No, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, because I, I, I think of us as a, as a beautiful communal unit, and that's the color I think of when I think of us together. So, don't shake your head at me. Don't shake your head at me. I, 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 I'm standing by you. Some sweet thing. You see us all as a ball of black. No, no. I deliberately said it was not any kind of dark or cynical thought. It was because we've been in a lot. Like, do you know what it was? With the, the first color when I was like, when I was thinking of us as a group, for whatever reason, of all the shows we've been to, I, I thought of um the fucking uh, Trinity show, which was literally a black square that we all just stood in. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, with with very low lighting, and then also the Tivoli, and then also the 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 um. Turban and Halla as well. I'm like, okay, these are all just big, giant black blocks that we step into, often surrounded by people in black shirts. That's just that's that's my my thought process. Simage. Okay, I think that does it for that one. So thanks, Hannah, for all those very eclectic questions. Thanks, Hannah. The next question comes from McGee, and he asked, "Why does Zig, the swollest gorilla, <laughs> well, Zig? I think that one's ready for you." Why would I eat you all? I love you. Oh. Oh. I'll keep you as my pets. <laughs> so you won't eat me. <laughs> wow. Heroes don't do that. <laughs> Just to say that whenever this comes out, that's a very topical reference. <laughs> <laughs> I think that really does that. That okay, that sums it up. Oh yeah, no more the question. The next question comes from Gar, and he asks, "Your podcast seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. 
Why are you so popular? I honestly don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the ladies. I think it has a lot to do with, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm very grateful. I don't understand it either because the four of us, if anyone ever met us and saw us together, um, were very loud and obnoxious and in your face and like I don't sexy. Very sexy. (laughs) Well they have seen pictures of us. (laughs) (laughs) A group, I don't know. Maybe it is our winning personalities that really get people on board because we really do. The four of us together, we're like, I don't even know. If you put us all together, I think we're honestly just perfect. <laughs> yes. No more needed to say. So the next question comes from Gary. And he asks, who's your favorite member of Gorilla Island to wind up and why is it Barry? <laughs> hmm. I mean, I don't know if we have enough time to explain why it's Barry. <laughs> and, and and I feel like it's something that will only ever come across when the eventual when we do an eventual video podcast. He's just so much fun. <laughs> like honestly, if you could take that, sometimes I'll just be like in work and I'll just be thinking about Barry and how ridiculous he is as a human being, and it's just. <laughs> It brings me so much joy, like the things he does. And sometimes uh, sometimes I know that he does stuff just so I will take the piss out of him because he enjoys it. Whoa. 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 Or saying a word a particular way that tickles you or, yeah. or getting annoyed yeah. and being ridiculed. No, I don't yeah. think I do. I don't think I, I do. think you do. Unless you're talking about some sort of uh, uh, deep-seated subconscious thing. Uh, which I have you you know I'm fully aware of all my layers of consciousness (laughs) and and none of them involve enjoying being owned Uh, so so you literally put yourself on so many platforms just to be owned no that's to be liked okay (laughs) and it's mixed results at best but but to like you is to take the piss out of you I think that's beautiful yeah Um, like I I'm with them on this I think you know nothing more when you're sitting in the trip hotel in Germany, getting all the attention, even yeah. if it's laughing at your expense, you love it. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I wish it manifested as people getting me points when, when we're specifically in a bar. Yeah. But, you know, so you maybe know. start a fucking botch account. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a little slow burn on that one. Oh, um, yeah. Now, I do want to say I also really get pleasure in winding Flan up. Because <laughs> she gets annoyed in a very different way, very petulant way that I find very <laughs> And it's, I, I feel like it's, it's less like frequent. It, yeah, I like <laughs> call it youngest child syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I do enjoy that one. Because it's usually over something really small, like Chris Saban or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think as a, as a collective, then when you know when you when you when you when you get a hold of something, you're like, oh, oh, this is it. This is going to be one of those, isn't it? You know, um, and we don't let it go, which I appreciate. This is why, further to what we said last time, I don't see why anyone likes us because this is all we do is spend our time screeching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. They're calling each other every name under the sun. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why people like the podcast is because there is a little bit of putting the professional hat on for so you know toning it down a little bit. What does uh, that say? <laughs> Sometimes I think back to like our earlier recordings when it was very much so before a show and we were like on a buzz. Like if those like full recordings ever got out into the public realm, I think we'd. I don't think we'd be able to be on the internet anymore. Oh, we'd have no friends anyway. <laughs> um, I think that really answers the question <laughs> of of winding up Barry. I mean, I I would say I probably wind up people the least because I just take great pleasure in watching uh Zig and Emma do it. <laughs> I just enjoy watching it all unfold and yeah I don't react very well to being wound up and it's easily done so our last write-in question now this is a pretty long one um, so I want everyone to get their thinking hats on you have to pick six Survivor Series style teams one from PWG one from Ring of Honor one for all the other US indie promotions a European slash UK one a Japan one and a Mexican one you can pick talent from each, from any era, but they must be talent who made a significant contribution to promotion. So no one and done. It can include all genders. Mm. Okay. So we've been asked to make six teams, but I think we need to combine and just do six all together. Um, yeah. Okay. The timer is on. <laughs> it will take us to, to do this. So do we pick one each? Does that work? Well, we need to pick yeah. six. No, we need, oh, we need... oh, like if we if we pick one each and then we all agree on the fifth. Sure. You mean one person, not one team. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start with PWG. Um, Emma, who do you want? I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I mean, there we go. Zig PWG. Chuck Taylor. Oh. <laughs> okay, Barry. Kevin Steen. Okay. I'm gonna go with I mean I could go for the obvious one. Scott Lost, yeah. I'll go for Scott Lost. Oh. Okay. So who are we missing that should be in there? I've got I've got one name that I was gonna pick. So do I. Is I, it the same? I, we might be thinking the same. I was a El Generico. El Generico. I mean that's perfect. You have you know, Steve yeah. Nerico there, you have yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a perfect... represented as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it. I think that's perfect. That was easy. <laughs> well we are PWG podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is Ring of Honor. Mm. Um I think like Brian Anderson has to go in on this one. Number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barry. Low key. Oh yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Emma. Uh, homicide. Yes. Samoa Joe. Yeah. Great, great, great. Okay. You have to put him in. I was going to say, I was going to say him, but I was like, Joe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Punk then would be. Yeah. Okay. That was also easy. <laughs> Um, okay, the next one is so all other US indie promotions. Barry, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Oh, I had a name there. It's gone already. Um, oh, uh, Chris Hero. That was it. 
yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, very good. Emma. Um Necro. Nice. Nice. Zig. Roderick Strong. Mm. Oh. Okay, this is an eclectic team so far. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um let's go with Nick Gage. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, okay. I, 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 Eddie would be. Yeah. I, I would say Eddie Kingston. Okay. But okay. I will hear. What about <clears throat> just following up on something we were alluding to earlier? Uh, can I? Can we have uh, the nice things to say about Madison Eagles, please, on this team, if at all possible? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, I'd go Sarah Ray before Madison Eagles. What do you mean? Well, yeah, that was the first name I thought of, but then I was like, eh. But yeah, uh, to be honest, I would happily pick Eddie Kingston over both of them, so. Yeah, so would I, to be honest. Uh, oh, Zig, picking Eddie Kingston over women, come on. Um, it's a PWG podcast, so we're going to go with Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, cool. So the next one is a European slash UK one. Um, okay. So Zig, do you want to kick us off? Who's left? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who can we mention? Uh, no, I'll go to Walter. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Emma? Uh, Charlie Sterling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, uh, they said Europe, right? Let's... Uh, um... <laughs> Who's that little Italian fella in all Japan? Um, <laughs> um no, I won't be him. Um He's really good though. He is he was really good. I, I actually wouldn't say no. Um There has to be someone There has to be someone better than that. I don't even think he's even especially notable for European wrestling. Uh Rampage Brown? One. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. Sarah? This is the thing here, right? This is the Uh thing. Is this cheating if you say Shingo? Um, Now, hear me. Yes. I would would even let it go if it was was US Indies. He had a lot of stuff there, but you can't have Shingo for Europe. He won 16 carats. That's it. He did a WGT champion. He did a weekend. Yeah, no. He did a lot (laughs) that weekend more so that other people can do for their full careers. Um, okay, no, let me let me think. Let me think. Okay. Okay. Who can we mention on this podcast? Um let's go with Absolute Andy. <laughs> fine. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um for the fifth, what about Axel Dieter Jr.? That's what yeah. I would have said, yeah. 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 It's sad that Fergal Devitt doesn't get any, but well, I suppose it, it, so much of it wasn't in Europe. Yeah. yeah, it kind of feeds into the next one, which is uh, Japan. Emma, do you want to kick us off? I will kick us off with Aja Kong. Nice. Hell yeah, Zig Kenta Kobashi, Barry uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Sarah. Hmm. Uh, do I need to? Do I need... <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's clearly got to be. Keigo Nakamura from DDP. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be um, Hiromu Takahashi, obviously. So are we going to include Shingo? I would happily. I was going to say Toriyanu. 
just because that's I, he, I, he, I think he would be a good Survivor Series match wrestler, but I can't I can't argue against Shingo either. I was going to say Liger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But also, I will never say no to Shingo. Never say no to Shingo. Yeah, let's go, Shingo. 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 Welcome to our team. And the last one is Mexico. So, Barry, do you want to kick us off? Purely for his wonderful, acclaimed MLW work, I'll have to say uh, L.A. Park. Yes. Nice. Zig. Camonito. Yes! (laughs) Emma. S.A. Rios. Oh, Oh, nice. Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Aguilar. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to say La Sombra. Nice. Sexy. Sexy Manny Manny Sombro. Who do we go for next? Dominic? (laughs) (laughs) You can go go Pentagon, you can go Phoenix, or you can go Super Crazy. Oh, Oh, Super Crazy. Super Crazy, definitely. Super Crazy! Yeah, super or super porky. What about super porky? No. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I feel like I need to lot of watch watch a lot more lucha. I think, um, I think that's kind of what I've learned lately. Yeah, it's like for me, it's like watching whatever two Vikingo matches get talked about the most in a year. I'll watch those and I'll be yeah, that's really fucking great, and that'll be it. That'll be it. Yeah, I think the extent of mine is like those and like watching a random lucha meme show at like 3 a.m <laughs> nothing else to do so our next question is a write-in question from my brother james hi james hi james and he asks if any of the pwg roster were to have a hot tub who would it be <laughs> oh is it too obvious to say disco no <laughs> is it too yeah. accurate yeah, yeah. But I think Joe would too <laughs> really yeah like a sort of wooden one yeah. yeah I would think that Super Dragon would have one <laughs> needs to relax he yeah he needs to relax he needs to wash his little hair ties <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I think it's really chill, dude. That just likes to be chill. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of them in Southern California probably do have hot tubs. I don't, I don't think it's much of a stretch of the imagination. Like my one was Top Gun. I think. Oh yeah, it's a great place for him to sit to wind down after doing his substances. So that that that's my answer. I, I think he still does them off the the rim of yeah. the <laughs> after like co party. He's a little. Uh, what's that? What's that drink? Four loco with the salt around tequila. The room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Margarita. Oh, margarita. 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 Margarita sitting there in his hot tub with coke all around the rim, <laughs> with his with his elderly ladies uh, in tow. That's the question. <laughs> I too have a write-in question from my housemate Sween Dog. Sween Dog. <laughs> uh, his question is: If you were the EVPs of AEW. The four, the four elite boys. Which ones would you be? So who's Kenny? Who's Nick? Who's Matt? And who's Cody? Wait, oh, can I be the dog? Wait, are the four of us them? So we can yeah. only, you oh. can only be one of them. Oh no! Oh god! Yeah. No! If I, if I was reincarnated as one of them, I'd like. What did I do, God? Oh my! Well, you wouldn't believe in God anyway, at least. <laughs> There's there's so many negatives and so few oh, no. pros to See, being any of them. 
I would say I see Barry and me as the ja- as the young bucks. I see us very much as the tag team of the the uh, group. I I would be Nick. Okay, he would be Matt. the crazy motherfucker. Well, you're, just very long for people to so he would have to be Matt. Your your die job is better than Nick Jackson's is currently. Have you seen <laughs> what the fuck is that guy doing right now? Oh, it's so bad. I actually just as a random aside, I hate when heels do the ironic I dress well but it's actually terrible thing. I know, yeah. but there's like six people doing it at the moment as well. I'm like, oh my fucking god. And it's like I, I don't know how, but for some reason it it's just come back into vogue, this whole thing of I'm being as annoying as humanly possible. It's called heat. It's like, oh yeah. my God. It's like, I was saying to somebody there recently, it's like literally every single week now, do you remember that promo Kenny did on Tanahashi where he pretended Tana, he was choking Tanahashi and he's like, oh, Kenny, oh, I like, oh. and I was like, and everyone just laughed at it because it was so ridiculous. He does that like every week now. Like every week yeah. he just, he just complete cartoon. Uh, this is not AEW podcast, but I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, what is happening? What, what happened to this, this man? Um, anyway, I'm happy to be uh, uh, Matt Jackson. I like his chops. But this is upsetting because, like, how are me and Emma, like, how is one of us meant to be Cody? I, yeah, like, that was Zig. Zig was clever there to take Neither of us would have to be Cody. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm Cody. I think I like myself a lot more than <laughs> people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> I really, I'm incredibly obnoxious and full of myself. And yeah, daddy eats first. Are you happy with that, Sarah? You, you came out pretty all right with that. I mean, it's the, like, it's the lesser of two evils for me yeah. because I, 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 I loathe Cody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I suppose that means I'm Kenny who also has, you know, has a inflated self importance and thinks they're better than they actually are. I mean, that's fine. Terrible. I, I'm pretty sure all four of them think that. So you're you're not mm. alone with that. Yeah. Maybe actually that it does sum up our podcast that we have this <laughs> <laughs> sense of importance. You know what? It kind of does because having Zig and Barry, they think that they're a tag team, but really they. They're just kind of doing everything to impress me, and they'll do anything yeah, that I cold. say. Yeah, so <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's, I I stick with it. <laughs> Am I just doing my own thing, watching? Yeah, women in Japan? yeah. you're just hanging out with the women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, gals. You are part of other fandoms like F1 and stuff, so that that's your impact. Oh, wow, going off into other territories. Yeah. yeah, coming back in when you need me. Exactly. Who's my Don Callis? That's something I'll have to think about off here. Ooh, um, Sarah Farrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how she'd react to that. <laughs> well, she couldn't. Shouldn't have called us uncool. Yeah, that's that yeah. <laughs> Who's cooler than the invisible hand? Am I right? <laughs> What a is session. That, is that, yeah, our is that it for items? I think so. Okay. Great suite of questions. Thank you very much for all those. And thank you for listening to this bumper edition of Journey <laughs> Through Grill Island. As always, you can catch us on Twitter on Grill Island. My Twitter is at Sigurd Rocks. Sarah's is. At Sarah Fun. Emma's is. Barry's is at the Barry Lad.
next time for free admission. Just kidding. Free.